It's Primus Tracks with Josh, Frankie, and Sawyer. What a couple of dumb shits. Hello, primates. You found Primus Tracks. Congratulations. We are at Primus Tracks on Instagram and Twitter, and you can email us at PrimusTracksPod at gmail.com. I am Josh, and I doff my cap to Frankie and Sawyer. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hey, so I, whoa, Soya sounds really polite today, and that worries me. <laughs> I also it's great will, to be here always. Come on, excellent now. man. I will also doff my cap and bow in a gentlemanly manner to our guest today. He was on the Primus Road Crew, and you guys can tell me if that makes you a road hog or a road dog. I don't remember, but this was for the Punchbowl and Brown tours, I believe. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But Chris Chausse, aka Cheese, welcome to Primus Tracks. Hi, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You guys, this is a heavyweight. This guy. Yeah, I'm literally the biggest guy. He's the on. tallest dude. He <laughs> took a load bar on his head one night on the Beck tour. Best thing I've ever seen in my life that he survived that. And here he is to live and tell us the tales of <laughs> the Brown tour and the Punchbowl tour. I kind of want to start there. I mean, we are talking about hats off today. Track number seven for the Brown album, but cheese. Chris, which I'll probably use interchangeably, and you're probably used to both. What was your path to working with Primus on tour? Well, uh, the, my first path to Primus was um, I saw him at Selland Arena in Fresno in like 92, opening ah, for Rush. Very good. And uh, I, I can't remember. I think I had a friend that was working for Rush, so I got tickets because I had been touring for a couple of years at that point. I was a stagehand in Fresno prior, and so I would go to all the shows and then um, I think a buddy of mine was on the tour, so I don't have to work that day. And Primus came out, and I think Les said something like, oh, we're Primus, we suck, we're here to prove it. Yeah. And to me, they did. Not, it's too loud. It was, I, I wasn't into it at the moment. Yeah. And then I was, but everything else I had heard, I liked. It was just this show. I was like, I don't like this show. I didn't, I, I didn't like Rush that much either. But, you know, I know it's sacrilege in the Primus, <laughs> Primus Rush area. It's like, but I wasn't a super huge fan. I liked their music, but I wasn't like a super huge fan. And then I got, um, I was doing the Grateful Dead, like fast forward into the mid nineties and I was doing the Grateful Dead and a good buddy of mine, uh, Matt Hash, one of the sound guys for the Grateful Dead said, Hey, this Primus thing's coming up and you should be the lighting crew chief. And I was like, oh, okay, right. that's, that sounds cool. I'll, you know, that'd be great. And uh, he goes, okay, well, we're going to be playing. I think we were in New York. And Derek came down, Derek Featherstone came down to interview me okay. so that to see if I was an okay dude to uh, be on the thing. And it was a, we had a short conversation and he was like, okay, sounds like it's going to work out. And then I got the tour dates for the first leg of the Punchbowl tour and they conflicted with the dates I was doing with the Grateful Dead. And the Grateful Dead was an ongoing, you know, it was, it, I did three tours a year with them. And so I was like, well, I can't, this is a cash cow over here to go do a tour that's just going to be a couple months long. And so I turned it down. Oh, wow. And then uh, Jerry Garcia died and a spot opened up. <laughs> so my schedule became wide open for the next uh, five years. So, I, uh, so they, they did the first leg without me. And then I came in and did the second and third legs of the punch bowl tour. Okay. And stuck around for Brown. How old, how old are you in 92 when you first see them with Rush? 22. So, yeah. so you're a young dude, <laughs> I guess appropriately jarred by them. In the intervening years before you get on tour, were you able to rectify that at all? Or, and then you're back, then all of a sudden you're working for this band. Part of the thing with like liking bands and not liking bands has a lot to do with just like meeting them. Like in 1990, I was late 80s or in the, I was into hair metal. It was all, I mean, I lived in Fresno. That's all they had. Yeah. 
was my, my only option. There was nothing funky going on down there. Like, like and, Trickster and Winger. And oh, I toured with all right? those dudes. They all opened for Poison when I was at. That was oh, my wow. first tour with Poison. That's who they. And so I was like going out on a tour like Poison's. Like I, I was a fan of theirs. They were fine. They write you know hit songs or you know I'm yeah. not hits hits. Oh, but they, they sold were, tickets, man. They, it was catchy. Be, they sold yeah. tickets. They were catchy. You know, there were a, a lot of girls. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. you know I was 20 when I started touring with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I wasn't even allowed into bars, but it was like a big gig though. I mean, it wasn't like you had a choice. You you got hired and you worked that big gig, and it's like yeah, I got I got hired. And my first gig was in uh, like the Mid South Coliseum. I'd never done a show that had more than three guys on it, and I'm on a tour that's got like six lighting guys and six sound yeah. guys, and like a bunch of buses and trucks and, and stuff. trucks and and I was I'd never been on a tour bus before, and yeah. you know, so it was like it was all big stuff for me so as i got older it, it became more about being friends with the band uh-huh. and i don't mean friends like we're pals but it's like if they were easily friendly. approachable yeah you know and the, the dudes in, in poison like there was too many people there primus when i got on that tour that was like one of the that was a small tour and it was yeah. just kind of over two buses and it was just us and like those guys were easy to talk to and hang out yeah. with and they could just walk up and start talking to you. Yeah. And it was, we're all doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're here to put on a show tonight. It's business. And yeah. that was, it wasn't, that was them. Uh, Mr. Les Claypool. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't any, anything <laughs> like that. It was just like, we're all here to put on a show tonight. Let's put yeah. on the best yeah. show we can. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come in. The difference is, you know, like Primus are dudes and, you know, the bigger bands are machines making money. They love to make money like anybody does, like we all do, but they never set out to be money makers. You know, I, I've been to Manny's storage and seen all the road cases that say poison, Mr. Brett Michaels. It's like, Mr. Jesus Christ. It's like, you have to call him Mr. Brett Michaels wow. when you talk to him. It's like, yeah, there, there were definitely some that were some artists that were like that. And then there were other ones like, you know, I was on the Grateful Dead for three years and I had one conversation with Jerry Garcia. I never spoke to Bob Weir, never yeah. spoke to Phil Lesh. Yeah. Talked to Mickey Hart a little bit. Like I it just it just didn't happen that way. They were like so I was saying they were a machine. Like that yeah. thing was just it was packed kind of tight and everything was on this little yeah. schedule. And wow. it was just there was no hangout time. Like they weren't ever they never showed up to a gig early. Well, the right. cool thing about Primus, like as you got into that, I, I totally remember you were a, like had a wall up against me because i was on the inner circle with the band guys and i was trying to break that down going dude it's all good man like these guys yeah. are cool and all of a sudden you're we're like in belgium and we're at some bar in lesson lure they're drinking beers and they're buying you beers you're like whoa this is actually kind of cool man like the <laughs> yeah. band guys are actually hanging out you know yeah yeah so the, when soya would show up so here's what would happen is i'd load in about 8 a.m <laughs> yeah. and uh so I'd show up cool four, five o'clock, just come strolling in, you know, and it's all his DC gear and I'm all dirty and, and grungy and stuff. Yeah. And he's just, you know, skater out and comes rolling in and he's like, okay, I need you to move this so I can to the bank. And I was like, dude, I've been working all day. You show yeah. up at four and you just tell me where to put, I go show up earlier if you want to be in charge of where stuff goes. <laughs> and so like, I was just like, who is this dude coming in here telling me what to do, telling me what he needs and what needs to go on. And it was like, all right, so we get everything going. And then Soya's thing is I'm going to make this dude like me. Like there's no reason to hate me, you know? Yeah. And when I finally realized that uh, Soya was the hardest working person on the tour was uh, we were in a hotel lobby. It was me and pork chop and uh jerry and we were getting ready to go to the mall you know because that's yeah. what we did on our days off was just go to the mall 
So we were in the hotel lobby and we're down there day off. and what's yeah, day off. And so we're getting ready to go to the mall and Soya comes downstairs and like, Hey Soya, dude, we're, uh, we're heading to the, uh, heading to the mall, dude, you want to go? And you're like, Nope, can't. I was like, what's up? So got to rent a car. Like, why do you got to rent a car? Got to take them golfing. I was like, what do you mean you got to rent a car? Take them. They can go golf. Just tell them to get it. And he's, nope, got to go. And boom, he was out the door and getting golf clubs, getting tee times and getting cars. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, then the next couple of days off later, doing the same thing. We're going to get something to eat. So it comes downstairs. Hey, Soy, what are you going to do? Oh, got to go get a car. What do you mean? I got to go rent a car. We're going to go guitar shopping today. And I was like, you don't want to go guitar shopping. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm, I got to write, I got to drive. I got to get him in the car. And, we go. and so it was like, I was like, oh, Soya's day off aren't days off they're managing oh, those, those guys those are the busiest there was no days off for me ever yeah, yeah. on tour that's when i realized i was like oh soya works hard i mean i work i was working like kind of 8 a.m to about midnight you know during the day with an eight hour break in between yeah, I, I had some breaks in there but like soya <laughs> was just want you know get up in the morning make sure they got all their bags downstairs make sure that nobody forgets anything then get back to the, get them all on the bus, get them to the gig and then call the gig and go, Larry left his bag. Can you go get his toilet? You know, it was like all this, it was just nonstop. And I was like, Oh yeah. So he was doing the best he can with what they're giving them. And they're, yeah. they were having them a lot. It was trippy to show up at the gig. Cause the Punchbowl tour was the first big bus tour. I ever did cheese, you know? Yeah. That's the first time I ever was on a bus, man getting out there and busting my ass and hustling like I do and running into guys like you that thought, who's this guy? Fuck this little dude. He's just a band <laughs> friend. Fuck this guy. And Chris Cherokee, another oh. character that tried to run me over the grills and I ran him over the grills, you know, eventually. And he, yeah. I got his respect eventually. Yeah. That was awesome. You know, it's, it's tough, man. Sure. And, and I, and I'd experienced that before. And then we experienced it later when we were doing like, weapon of choice like i when they have like 23 people on that bus yeah. that supposed to hold 12 people and i was like yeah. there's only like eight people in the and they had How one three people on tour yeah. yeah and one guy doing all the instruments oh my god i was trying to i was trying to help them out yeah so you you did a couple tours with primus cheese and then um and then did you did you get the cheese name from Les? because it seems like as soon as you're near him you get a name i got the cheese name on poison i came uh-huh. out i was the youngest guy on the tour and the the next youngest guy was just let who, who was youngest before I got there because I, I joined the tour about a month in. His name was Junior because he was the youngest guy. And uh-huh. this guy, they when you're the youngest and the new guy, they were just, they just give you shit the whole time. Yeah. And so this guy, I he he was mad at me and gets on the bus and he's just, what the hell is your name? cheesy or what are you called? And <laughs> there was six guys in the front lounge and went, well, cheese is going to be it. And that yeah. was it from then on. I was like, all right, well I'll just own that because what are you going to yeah. do? It's like. Yeah. You don't get to pick your nickname, like because everybody be Spike or Snake or Spider. It's like, no, yeah, I, gotta, yeah, yeah. I just got to stick with cheese. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll just go with it. Soya or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah. Soya. It's like that, but that's what it is. Is it, if everybody picked their own nickname, it, they'd have some cool ones, you know. But, it, but it's like, you don't. touch on what we said earlier. It's like, once you get that nickname, a lot of people don't even know your real name because you tour around, around, and around, and around again. People don't even know your name. They just know cheese is on lights, got, yep, cool. Yep. Soy is here, okay, cool. Spider's on, yep, okay, cool. Yep, I did a Lego, <laughs> I did a Lego the Grateful Dead with this guy named Spider. I didn't even bother to learn his name because right. I knew he wasn't coming back. I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't want, nobody liked him. Uh, it's unfortunate that Les Claypool did not give my friend Chris the, the nickname Cheese. It, is. it was yeah. a poison thing. God Man. damn it. 
we should get into our track today. It's uh, Hats Off, track seven from the Brown album. It checks in at a cool, what, minute and 57 seconds or something like that, Frankie? Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. So, that's this, right. Is a, this is a really deep track right it's, here. Uh, it's brief, and I have a feeling the live history is the same. All right, this is a very interesting live history, Josh. It was never performed on the upright bass, which was the original instrument it was recorded on. It was never performed during the Brown Album Tour. So people did not get to hear Hats Off Live until Duo the Twang performed it at San Rafael in 2012. But the thing is that this was an early configuration of Duo the Twang. So it was Les Claypool and Murph as opposed to Kehoe. After that, it entered relatively heavy rotation with Primus throughout 2012 and 2013. I mean, it was never a certainty uh, during any portion of the tour, but it was played with a little frequency. Um, it used to be paired next to Leave and Cleave most of the time, but there are some performances where it was inserted randomly into the set list. And I want to point out that it was always performed on the Dobro all right, so this song has never been performed live as it is on the record. And hmm. I mean, it didn't become a major jam vehicle because they didn't really extend it that much, but they did give Lur a spot for extended solos in each performance. So that's hats off live history. And we have two amazing performances for later today. So right. hold on, can I check in? Uh, how many times was the song played live? 26 times only wow. in the history and, of Primus. And that was all post-Brown tour. Exactly. Some of these performances are from Duo the Twank. Most of them are with Primus. Okay, with Jay Lane on drums. That's right. I could have sworn that we played the song, but I guess it was always Over the Falls was the song yeah. that was on the uh, Horde tour is with the one I did that. Yeah. yeah. Had they did, body. Yeah, they did Over the Falls and... Uh, cutting town sometimes but it's a strange oh. that you know that they never kept the upright god i thought that they did hats off a couple times and i guess not okay well, it's quite possible there are some set lists missing from that era it might have just always been over the falls because that was the single and we did the video yeah. set lists right. are missing soil with nagger gig <laughs> why are they missing weren't they in a book like everyone like with the drawing the, what don't do it me not my right. gig. All the lights came on when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like back when I got less to do the set list drawings, I'm the one that instigated all that. And he does yeah. that now and he does it forever now oh, or yeah. decades now. Uh, back then it was like funny. It wasn't like, oh, save that. I had a set list every night. I didn't didn't even think to save them. I know um, Jake saved some. And then yeah. He had that dude, Nathan. I don't. Yeah. He, I don't think he saved any, but I know that like Jason, I think had a few. He put them in his pocket every once in a while. I mean, and dude, I think- it, it took a whole leg of a tour to go. Wait, we got to save these. Like, yeah. I actually, every original that Les drew, even from the first ones, we saved. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was like, save it. I knew to keep those, and they're in a bin. We have them. You know, sure. they're going to do. I think a book. With all the drawings, there are as many as the cool ones they can do. They're trying to compile that, you know. Right. Yeah, they were. I mean, he do he do guys on the crew. Like oh, so Tom funny, and dude. Jerry and just everybody. Like, He's still yeah. to this day. Every night, you have to get the picture from Les. Is on the set list. Yep, yep. And it's He's, like that all spawned out of one day. Les would not give me the set list, and it's like five minutes till the show, and he's drawing a picture of me 
eating yeah. a piece of shit or something, you know, like something stupid. <laughs> Could not be bothered with writing the set list, you know? Oh my God. And he's like, here's the set list, Soya. And I was like, dude, <laughs> the crew needs the set list, not me. And he's like, <laughs> tweakers, Jerry, dig, dag, dag, dab, 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 bop, 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 bop. Okay, there it is. And I was like, and I went right into production and I cut out the picture that he drew of me that he handed me as a set list and I taped it on the set list <laughs> and I copied it and gave it to everybody. It was like, Oh, that's so fucking hilarious, dude. Oh my God. What is that? And I was like, Les, that's fucking pretty funny, dude. And all of a sudden he just started doing it every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, his character review is off the charts. It's quite accurate. Yeah. I'd be able dude. to pick you out of a lineup, man. Everybody. He's really good, man. He, he's, he practices. Yeah. I, I go into a hotel room sometimes and he's got <laughs> practice drawings of <laughs> like how the that? hand is like this like yeah. this like this yeah like that, this one's know? a popular one the index finger up like that yeah. <laughs> of course you do josh yeah. josh and i have a dream that someday we we will be featured on a set list <laughs> and it will it will involve less being nervous about deep cuts or something like that that's right frankie I, me and adam got less on this thing god damn it you're asking for way too much now <laughs> <laughs> Frankie wants album credits. He wants. Uh, yeah. I want to be in a video. Yeah. His name is the liner notes. Get an inch, That's take right. a mile. Come on. I'm doing my best, Frankie. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Hey, Soya. In the um, in the liner notes of the albums, are you listed as Soya or how do they? Listen? It's always Tim Soya Solian. Les would oh, okay. never just say. Well, actually, on Suck on This, it just says Tim Soya. Okay. That's right. And then on every album after that, it just says Tim. I'm curious. Soya. I, I was, you know, I toured for however long, and I only made on the liner notes of one album, Poison, live Poison album. Ah. They listed everybody on, and I was like, all right, well, I guess that's something. <laughs> it ain't nothing. <laughs> but, you know, the bands that you like, like, that's the other thing is, when you're on a, on the crew like that, like, some bands, but not, especially not the smaller ones, you don't get gold albums, you don't right. get, yeah. you don't get that kind of stuff. You get tour jackets and, right. you know, all the t-shirts you ever want to wear. Um, there's like a little stuff you kind of you're, there's a little bit of a separation there's like kind of the production which is more the band and their closer crew you know and then there's kind of the light the lights and sounds and carpenter guys are kind of they they change out a lot more often too every time my name has been on a record that i've worked on like with beck or cheryl crow or primus of course or less it, it's really an honorable thing to see your name up there as like included. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I mean, I made it like, it's literally, it's a poison live album. I mean, no one remembers it and who cares, but it's like, I got it. And I was like, Hey, my name, and they spelled it right. Shit. That's like a win win for me. <laughs> right, right. For like, that, that doesn't usually happen either. It's really like to work as hard as you do. Like as I did on the Primus records, which was me, Lesler and Tim that we, and brain we made those records. There was nobody else, you know, yeah. on those first couple ones. And that my name's on there. Like it's a badge, man. It's not like, Oh, they thank me in the bottom. It's like studios, Tim Soya yeah. Solian. It's like, fuck yeah. yeah, dude. I drove up to Rancho Relaxo, you know, for seven months to make this record, you know, feels good to see your name on a record. God damn it. As minuscule as you think you are to help create what they're doing and frankie and josh you guys are fans and you go see mm -hmm. the shows and love every yep. moment of it and buy the records to be a part of what happens with the recording or the show like what cheese does it's a badge of honor man right the i'm on the credits of video plastic right on awesome cool i totally i totally get you tim because i know there are people that skip that stuff but in my case whenever i buy an album i read 
the liner notes completely. I read everything, so I, I get very curious about the names in each album. All right, yeah, let's talk music. It's an interesting little track. I'm, I'm not very technical in music. I just love it. I appreciate it, but it takes a while for me to recognize you know, what gear Les is using. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out that he was playing upright on this track because it sounds so different to the rest of the upright Primus tunes. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was doing something crazy with, with our regular bass. So when I realized that he was playing upright, um, and then I saw all these live performances. I mean, I was actually lucky enough to catch Hats Off live once. So I got accustomed to that sound coming out of the dobro, ah. and I just couldn't picture him doing doing that in the upright. So it makes me wonder what it would have sounded like if they had performed it live as it was on the record. You know, I mean, if it would have sounded the same because when when he plays it on the dobro, I mean, the notes are there brilliantly. Mm-hmm. On on the record, it has such a special sound. I mean. It's. I mean, it's, it's hard to to figure out what he's what he's doing on that track for me on a technical level. But I just appreciate it a lot as you know as a piece of music, yeah. even I though think, it's really short. I think yeah. he played it on the four string on the recording. Oh, he played it on the upright bass on the like studio track. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Were you there? I was there. <laughs> okay. I can't remember. <laughs> well, if you don't know, I, how is anybody else going to know if you were there? And he, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, the bummer is play, I was he there. He played bass on it. Is that is that is that? I know Les <laughs> played the bass on that one. Les played the bass. Okay, good deal. I don't. I have to. I didn't listen to it today. God damn it! I was so what? busy all day. You didn't have two minutes. No. All it's right. right. Yeah, you did not. Disappointing, Toya. Man, there are there are two more things, Josh. Yep. Uh, speaking about the guitar. On the live recordings, we have like these really cool solos from Lur. On on the studio recording, there's none of that. So right. that reminds me of what Soya told us about how, in retrospective, it would have been cool if they had had more time with these songs before yeah. recording them. Yeah. And maybe a cool solo would have made it onto the track. I mean, we'll never know. Right. But at least they did give Lur that spot in the live recordings. Yeah. And yeah. The last thing I want to point out are the drums, which are mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal on this track. And could you please sample, Josh, that really cool drum roll before the second verse? Yeah, there's, this was actually the part I wanted to sample because Brain does some uh, pretty fun stuff uh, right here for about, I don't know, six, seven seconds. That one right there. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's yeah. always ear candy when you play that song. <laughs> Man, everything was so, so spontaneous, you know, like Brain said when we talked to him, you know, he yeah. wished he had more time to like figure sh- anything out other than spontaneity. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's throwing a couple of little things in here and I really love hitting that hi-hat and then closing it up. Like I find myself yeah. just walking around going... And just it's yeah. just fun to do with your mouth, and it's well, always Les loves the cymbal catch stuff, and he is always prod and brain catch the cymbal. Yeah, uh, Frankie, I do want to come back around to that point of that idea that well, there's no solo on the record, but Soya, I also remember you by the same token pointing out that that uh, going into this record, kind of kind of like with other records, they had these kind of categories of songs, and so for me, hats off fits into the over the falls category of this is our chill song on the upright. Yeah. 
to yep. break up the rest of the record. Going by that line of reasoning, which seems sound because I wasn't there. Chris, you said somebody was there. I forget who it was. Turk Black. That's it. It was Turk. Yeah, my, my good buddy, Turk Black. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, love, I love Turk Black. I yeah. love Turk Black. She's knows about Turk Black. Too. Uh, hats off kind of got created in the studio up there. That was not worked on down at Ultrasound. That was one of those ones that kind of came out in the jam. Well, once we loaded everything into the studio, yep. you know. Well, it yeah. feels like it's kind of like a half ditty, half half song. Like, like it right. kind of is it a? It, it's like it's so, so short that it's like, well, it's just like this little filler thing in between a couple of you know bigger songs. But then it's you know it's a full song, you know, full set of lyrics, and you know, only thing it really is kind of missing to lengthen it out would be a solo somewhere in there. It just seems like it's just like this little and then we're out, and then right. here's your next song. And I mean, that, that was pretty much the part for the chorus for the Brown album songs as they made them. Made it up, part, 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 out, next one. Part, 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 next one, you know? Kind of seems like if you start playing it and then by the time you start getting into it, you're done. Yeah. You were yeah. playing it live. You know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah. all right, let's get this thing up and going. And then, oh, no, we're out. So, because yeah. I, I watched a couple of the uh, the live performances and the one where Lur's just going on for solo for days. And I was like, oh, okay, there you go. That's what that yeah. song means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, <laughs> more you point to something. It, it could have been an album interlude, but those interludes tend to be shorter than two minutes and also pretty silly, you know, on the face. And this one is kind of, it's a straight ahead, uh, folky tune, kind of like over the falls, like a traditional number in a sense. So it, it's it, better it, than over the falls for it's, me. It's a legit this one. tune. Wow. I like this one better than over the falls. I'm going to let that just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> I like hats off. Come on, That's, man. Well, what I really like about it is much like over the falls. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. Two minutes, it's a cool little number, and it's got its little bits, and it's done. You know, Frankie, you talked about the bass, and honestly, when I listen to it, I don't hear everything that's going on with the bass or the upright bass because I'm listening to the guitar. And Chris, you're a uh, you're a guitarist. Wait, you're a guitarist nope. or a guitar, guitar player? player? You're a guitar player, not a guitarist. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I want to make sure I honor <laughs> that distinction. But as a guitar player, yeah, <laughs> one who plays guitar. It's, it does sound to me, I'm listening to the guitar because it sounds like it's double-tracked on electric and acoustic. Or or was Larry playing an acoustic electric and the strings were mic'd as well as the amp? I can't really tell what's going on there with the sound. And, I, I, and Soya, he wasn't there. I so cannot there. remember. Yeah, so someone was just there to... Yeah. Never yeah. mind. If somebody, yeah, I don't... It, <laughs> somebody it just <laughs> sounds like it's in a big room to me. You know yeah. what I mean? It just got a, you know, like tons of reverb on it kind of just rings out. And I was like, oh, okay, it, it's a cool little lick. And it just goes over and over and over again. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is tedious. But, well, you know, it I, only goes on for two minutes. So there yeah. you go. Well, when I, when I listen to it on in earbuds or nicer headphones, I hear, I'm definitely hearing what sounds like two guitars, but I, once again, can't tell. Plus, as we've said, the blown out production doesn't really help your ears too much when you're trying to suss yeah. things out. So uh, it's a strange one in that regard, um, <coughs> as far as the guitar. But it does sound like too he's doing some finger picking, isn't he? Is he doing a little finger picking there? Do 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 that part. Uh, I can't, you it, know, it I mean, like I don't think he needs to. I mean, you okay. can play it without a finger. I mean, yeah. but you know, we might have layered some stuff on like that. I can't remember. I, I've never actually seen video of a live cut of this, so I I don't know if he's if he's putting the pick in his mouth and. And finger picking it for a little bit, or Frankie would know. When I witnessed the song uh, live in person, I was staring at Les 
in utter disbelief that they were performing this song. So I have no recollection of what Lur was doing. I guess I'll give you a pass. You were in utter disbelief. So. The video I watched looked like he was playing with a pick, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't really concentrate on that. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's. And I, you know, Chris, I want to ask you about this. It's on my list of things to ask you. Is you're you're on tour with Primus. And you are a guitar player, but you're watching this guitarist, Larry Lalonde, who's so far afield in what he does. So when you're watching him, what's going through your mind? And is there anything you can take from his playing you know, for yourself? Oh, yeah, no, there's nothing I can take from his playing. It's way too far above anything I've got. It was it was really great watching him. Uh, one time, I, this used to happen every once in a while. So Matt, I was, the guy I mentioned, Matt Hash, that I did The Grateful Dead with, he was on Primus for a little while. And... Oh, yeah. He was one of the sound guys, and he's a, another really good friend of mine. I still talk to him really uh, quite regularly. And um, we were uh, on the side of the stage one night watching the show. We were standing there talking. We're just kind of, you know, you just shoot the shit while you're standing there. Well, they're playing, and, and Lurcy's just standing over there talking. And uh, Matt was messing with the, the sound. You know, I think he was doing monitors at the time and pulls up the isolation of lure on the monitor right there next to us that's on that on that side and uh lure sees us over there just chatting and he looks over at us and it's in the middle of a solo he just starts ripping this jerry guitar so uh, jerry garcia solo yep. right in yeah. it and just yep. looks right at us and just like Bee! and just starts playing it just the way jerry plays them. and i was like and we're just laughing because it's just like you know that we were the grateful dead guys that came over you know because there was a lot of with the sound guys there was a lot of crossover between grateful dead and with the Primus, ultrasound connection yeah. the ultrasound connection and then those some of those lighting guys, like I came over and then I brought a couple of guys with me that had done Grateful Dead stuff because it's, you know, it's somebody that the band knows, you know, and, yeah. and Derek, Derek knows these guys and knows from ultrasound to light and sound design where I was working and was like, oh, we want to get everybody in to be a family. I want everybody to get along. There's right not on. a lot and of that's, us. That, that is the primus vibe. Yeah. Only and it's that. like, we want to have a nice family vibe going here and everybody gets along and everyone's cool. And it's like, well, if I could bring these guys over from the Grateful Dead to come be on this crew. I know I can get along with them. We're doing that. But it was pretty funny. We're just standing there and Lord just starts ripping this uh, Jerry Garcia solo right in the middle of the song. Like, yeah, like nobody like uh, it, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was one on the Brown tour and like nobody. uh Less and brain, nobody, they don't skip a beat. They don't even notice that he's playing this totally, the solo that's not the solo for the song. Yeah. He's doing it just for our benefit. So. Brain had no idea what he was playing. Yeah. Brain's never heard the Grateful right? Dead, ever. <laughs> but. <laughs> but I probably didn't have Lur in his monitors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Lur is that sneaky dude that he yeah. knows people are listening on the crew and he'll sneak And he's in. such a great, he's such a great guitar player. Like if, if I'd been on Metallica, he probably would have played some Metallica solo right there for it. Just, you know, just yeah. slid it in there because he saw that I was paying attention. Because, like, I don't, you know, like, Soya and I, want, you know, and guys working backstage are not always watching the show. Right. Like, the guitar techs and the drum techs and, you know, basic, they're watching the show. Monitor guys watching the show. But the sound guys and lighting guys, I'm, I'm, as soon as we, the show starts, I'm thinking about loading out. Yeah, right on. So like that's my next thing <laughs> yeah. is like I can get this into the truck and get to the next city and put it all up and let's do it again. So I'm not always watching the show, but you know there were occasions when I would watch, and that was that was the the two hours during showtimes when I actually could just kind of sit down and chill. Yeah, you know stuff breaks and I got to go fix it. And, but, and then you hear Lure play Grateful Dead Jerry solo. You're like, and then you're just like, oh, it's all worth. And it. he like looks over his shoulder, looks at you sitting in your hammock. <laughs> he goes, "That's for you, cheese." And here yep. you go. 
That, that's when I dipped the mallets <laughs> into the lighter fluid and handed them to Jerry. And then they did, you know, eruption. Yeah. I put the I put the mallets out that night. I mean, I put the drums out that night when you when we lit them on. Was that Seattle? I was, was Seattle. Yeah, I put I put I put the drums out that night. Me and you put the drums yeah. out, or me and Jerry. I handed Jerry those dipsticks, and it's on <laughs> the that Tupperware um, thing. It's nice. on the the uh, rhinoplasty video, you guys, where the drums yeah. are on fire. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Hughes yeah. was there for that night. Yeah. That was me and Jerry came up with a Van Halen moment, and Brandon you came was, up with you came up with the Van Halen <laughs> moment, and you got the lighter fluid, and you got the mallets, and it was all it was soy. It was Jerry was Jerry. like, "Fuck that! Come on, dude, we're lighting these things. Let's do it." And but I remember, and Jerry was just like, "But what if it melts the heads, and then I got to replace it?" And I was like, oh yeah, Jerry's gonna have to do work. Okay, Soy stuff. Like, I don't I, care. Dude, let's light like this thing on fire, man. This is gonna. Tim Soy cool. was like. Fuck you, dude. We're lighting this shit on fire. This is going to be rad. And once you talk brain taping. into it, once you talk brain into it, it was on. That was a thing. Oh, Jerry, it was Jerry on, wasn't dude. backing out. Brain's like, are you sure? And so he's like, fuck yeah, this will be the best. He <laughs> kicked that whole kit off the drum riser. It was on fire on the, the stage, on fire in a pile. And Brain walked off. And Les is like, ah, I guess that's it. No encore. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a Primus fan, chances are the band Ween is on your radar. Available now, the world's only zine about Ween. Don't get too close to my fanzine is the brownest zine ever produced, and issue six is scorching hot off the presses. Go to theweenzine.com to order issue six now for only $10, and all previous issues are available as a free download, including issue five, which features a piece by our pal Frankie, which may contain Bowie references. Prepare them out, boys. Find the cheese, because the mollusk, it lingers at theweenzine.com and on Instagram at weenzine. Talking lyrics, these are really autobiographical lyrics. And I remember in an interview around the Brown Album era, and Frankie, you've probably read the same one, that he said, yeah, that's really the first time I've just straight up told people about myself, you know, in an autobiographical way, uh, lyrically. I I recall that. Yeah. So this is is a departure lyrically. It's got a nice conceit. You know, it's when I was born is the first uh, rhyme. And then... At 13, at 14, at 17. So we have that conceit. And then there's a nice, uh, it's turned on its head for the last one because it's at 19. Um, she, the, cause he, you know, this is what I love about this song because most other people writing a song like this would go, yeah, when I was, when I was a kid, I'd get naked with this girl and we had a great time, you know? And there's a little bit of the bragging going on as you do in the rock world, but as Les Claypool does, uh, he turns it on his head and he says, well, at 19, she was doing drugs. So I'm so glad I wasn't doing drugs, essentially is what he's saying, of course. So he, and then it goes back into that chorus of hats off to the people that helped me out, um, which is also a great thing because he's he's paying homage to these people um, who essentially are nameless and they probably know who they are, uh, who helped him out along the way because he's talked about uh, the family history as far as drug problems go and just living in a place where they're prevalent and a lot of his friends fell into the same shit. So yeah. that's what I really appreciate about it. This track, along with Shake Hands with Beef, are the two songs on the album that don't deal with any characters at all. They are straight up autobiographical. And in the case of Hats Off, you know, there are several hints to stuff he has discussed in interviews. Yeah. At 14, I pulled some weeds and bought a four-string. So he has shared that anecdote many times about, you know, getting the funds to to buy a bass guitar or paying for it. Um, yeah. At nine, and There's another part. Uh, I made myself a motion picture. All right, so that's, you know, 
it like it's like a preface to how he would be directing his own videos right. in the future. Um, hats off to all the ones that stood before me and taught a full to rhyme. That sounds like a homage to all the bands and the artists that he that he mm-hmm. liked listening to. And you know, as a whole, I agree with you completely, Josh. The song sounds like you know, kind of. Uh, a brief note of gratitude to all the people that had an influence in his life. And then in the second verse, we get this really, really cool, quick rundown of his life. Uh, And the Bean Burrito line is wonderful. It is a good one. I like that one. (laughs) Soya probably wishes the lyric was uh, wrapped me like an Alpastor taco, but... Yes, (laughs) can't always get what you want. We're not going to just gloss over the hot tub zone, are we? Do you know what that is? No, I have no idea. I thought he was just stretching for a rhyme. No, I, I... when I, I looked up the lyrics because we were talking about the song. And I'm like, hot tubs. And I was like, that sounds really weird. So there used to be these places that would just, they'd have these rooms and there'd be hot tubs in them with like an eight track player and a 19 inch color TV. <laughs> and it was like, you'd just go to the hot tub zone or whatever it was called in your area. Cause they had them here yeah. in my hometown. I was like, I was like, that's, that sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, dude, like there, less there used to go to the hot tub place in Berkeley, dude. A room, I don't know. I, I, I can't even describe anything that would be like it now, other than you just go to this place and it's got six rooms and there's six hot tubs in there with six TVs and six, yeah. you know, showers and whatever. And then you just go hot tubbing. That's a revelation right yeah. there, Josh. That's a, yeah. That must be a weird California thing that I know. I mean, it's it's, that, that, it sounds totally northern, northern California to me. That's <laughs> also the influence of with Bob Cock and the hot tub in that one video they did where Bob's in the beginning. What song is that, Frankie? My name is Mutz. Well, he's in a he's like in a spa and he's oh, no, yeah, submerged yeah. Yeah. in mud. He's in a sauna. Yeah. He's in a sauna yeah. in that one. So I'm okay. saying, I'm telling you, Les used to go to the hot tub places in Berkeley. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you could just like go there and you, I don't know, get an hour hourly rate to go right. with your girlfriend to to sit in the right. hot tub. Have like, sex in the hot tub. I don't have a yeah. hot tub in my house, so why yeah, it wasn't about dudes. Or I mean, it's the best name ever, right? I mean, hot tub zone. <laughs> Let's yeah. go to the hot tub zone. Yeah. Okay, well, that takes on a legit, dude. Wow. <laughs> you salute that one. That's yeah. legit. Those places are are closed down. Oh, yeah. They don't exist anymore, right? They, they went away with the, uh, the all the waterbed stores. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we had, yeah, it sounds like that was a product of the swing in seventies that spilled into. Yeah, oh, most definitely. While. Yeah, I had yeah, a waterbed. I had but the closest. I mean, the closest thing to that that is still going on is you know the internet cafes in Japan where they actually have computers and yes. manga for customers to read and they also have showers because yeah. a lot of people live in the internet cafe in japan yep. yeah they just rent a cubicle there yeah. and you can take a shower the next day my friend dave and i did that one night in japan <laughs> he's he like check this out people basically live in these i was like we should spend the night in one of these this would be fun but we just stayed up playing video games much of the night and then just crashed on the couch and went and got food and drink whenever we wanted and it was like eight bucks it was nothing it was awesome. yeah it's pretty accessible Wow. No comment. Well, the hot tub zone is probably a little more salacious, obviously. All the stuff around hygiene and hot tubs just gives me the heebie-jeebies there, especially yeah, when you've got a bunch creepy. of teenagers. I can't imagine getting stuff. into a hot tub in Berkeley at the hot tub place. <laughs> it's not a, it, They don't call it a hot tub place there in Berkeley. They call it a bath. Yes, yeah. that's right. It's a bathhouse. Like, I'm going to go take a bath this week. Well, see, I would think, though, as a 17-year-old like Les was and many people were who had access to hot sub zones, you, you, you figured that was like a romantic outing. Right on. You know, let's go. Let's go get in the hot tub. This is this will be fun. I had a, um, a buddy that managed a motel right off of uh, I-5. Oh, boy. And um, he, he 
he, he was like, he was about 20 years old and we went down there and he took us like on the tour. It was a brand new motel right off the freeway. And it had one of those ones where the hot tubs in the room, like oh, yeah, literally it's, it's the hot tub, the nightstand, the king size bed. And that's how yeah. close they were like right in a row. And I was like, <laughs> the jacuzzi people, tub. Yeah. yeah. I was like, people come in here for this. He's all, dude, this is our best room we have. And I was like, I, yeah. I understand it's your best room, but we're in a motel. So I don't know your best room is kind of, you know, pushing it. <laughs> he goes, no, we rent this thing out all the time. I was yeah. like, Oh okay. man. And like, yeah, we had a hot tub room and it was, but it was dude, just carpet the, everywhere. That is the stepping stone from the, put the quarter in the bed vibrator. Yeah. It's, a next, next, yeah. it's next level. I never, you know, on tour, I never stayed in a room with a, uh, with a Man, you know, massage. On the Victor family tours, we did shitty fucking hotels. And every once in a while, we were like, oh, there's the metal box. You yeah. put a quarter in. And we just like put one in. I judged most of the hotel rooms. I judged most of our hotel rooms whether the remote control was bolted down to the nightstand or not. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, just is on a swivel. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like, it, yeah, it, it had a 45 degree angle depending on where your TV was. Right. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Just to finish with the lyrics, it's yep. really amazing how so many times Les is talking about these things that we have no 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 clue what he's going on about. I mean, for me, the hot tub song was just like the bathroom in his house. Like literally, he was just stepping into the bathtub with his girlfriend. I had no idea that it was like this actual place where people went to take a bath so it's not the first time this has happened there are several locations where we have gotten his lyrics wrong yeah so you've talked about it before it's just like les has this he has a memory and ability to pull these little facts from here and there it's like i'm like i it took me listening to the song and reading the lyrics to go hot tub holy shit that that hot tub zone used to be a thing like there was a thing and then yeah I went on a you know rabbit hole down YouTube looking for hot tub zone commercials from the seventies and eighties, and you're like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that this is I totally it just flashes you back, and you're like, oh, I totally remember these crazy places, yeah. and it, it's yeah. like in the seventies there were a lot of stuff like that. Like I said, there's waterbed stores that like they came, they were icons, and then they were gone, and you're like, well, and then you drive by, and it's like, oh, they sell four by four parts there. I remember that used to be the waterbed store, and you're like, okay, right, that's right, how it is. But he pulls these things out. He just, he notices everything. And uh, I remember one of the episodes, like from way back when uh, Soyo was talking about how less he, he picks up on everything. And uh, you actually, the last episode, you guys were talking about the Sacramento show, that first, uh, the first show of the Brown tour. Yep. Yeah. It was at the Memorial Auditorium. That video was online. Someone had recorded the show and oh, it's, shoot. the video has gone now, but the, it was online. And there's this thing where, Les kind of does this thing, you know, he starts a song and he does that little jam and he does this little duck walk thing around the stage yep. and he's yeah. kind of looking around and it just kind of looks like kind of part of the show. But I like it was, I just remember him doing that. And then it'd be like, after the show, he'd go up to Jake, the lighting guy and the, the lighting designer. And he'd be like, uh, Hey Jake, there was a, there was a light up there and it was like shaking around, but no light was coming out of it. What was wrong? you like, wow. he noticed it that like, that light wasn't on at the time. And like, sometimes they're supposed to be on and shaking their head and sometimes yeah. they're not or whatever, but it's like, like I paid $80 tonight. Exactly, that light. Exactly and why is it not working? Yeah. <laughs> and like, he does this thing and it, it's like the very first part of the show. Cause it was the first show the tour and he yeah. looks up and oh, he's like you, looking yeah. up and it's like, it looks like he's just kind of doing his little thing where he kind of just, you know, swings the base around and looks up in the air. 
but he's looking at the lights. He notices that stuff. And he's just like, yeah. I know after one of the shows, Jake, what happened to that light? It was shaking. There was no light coming out. It's wow. like, I'm a songwriter or anything, but it's like, mm-hmm. you try to do stuff like that. And it's just like, it's a non set. He has a, a, a great ability for a non sequitur too. Yeah. And pull them in. And they all, all that stuff tied together, even though none of it was related other than yeah. his age at the time. You know, like he just, he gives his age and then what happened? And you're like, okay, that's it's like crazy. the care level. These are, where, where is it at? You know, like back then he really was like looking at every single light, every yeah. single night. Yeah. Let's have a look at our 1897 connection. If you'll indulge me, gentlemen. And so I'll put it up on our Instagram at Primus Tracks and you can see it there. Oh, wow. This is an advertisement from 1897 from Jordan Marsh and company for men's hats and caps. Uh, wow, and- that Josh, that yes. that hat on the lower left, that's been used for the visuals when uh, we performed the song live. Oh, without a doubt, Frankie, I'm telling you, if you look at these 12 hats that are on this visual, you guys right now and everybody listening, all tens and tens of you, I if you and then if you do an image search on Google for Les Claypool hat or Les Claypool weird hat, uh-huh. he has worn a version of each 12 uh, of each of these 12 at some point. Yep. That's yep. right. Um, and I was just go. I was, you know, and I don't know everything he's worn and done, but I was just like, oh, sure, the golf cap there, middle left, where he wore that in the some of the Naga Hide uh, promo yep. stuff. You know, I'm like the bowler hat, absolutely. Yeah. The the flat brim. I remember Eve. the holy, yeah, that one in the holy macro photo shoot. I think he had it on. You know? Yeah. So I'm just like, yep. oh, I remember these images where he's wearing all these different hats. And uh, seriously, and now I have actual. Uh, tangible proof that this album was recorded in 1897 because of what, like, this is where all his fashion okay. comes from. He must have been born yeah. in 1897, too, secretly. Josh, I, I want to chime in here. My job at the Punchbowl <laughs> tour was to help Les pick out what hat he wanted to wear yeah. for the night. And he had about four of these, right? <laughs> we had them in hat boxes in the road case. And he'd be like, what do you think? So I, this hat tonight, this hat, that, 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 that. And he has a straw hat, like lower left, the very bottom one down yep. there, right? Yep. With the flat brim, red, white, and blue ribbon around it. And it was right. my favorite one that he wore. And the one night that I got him to wear that, that I forced it on him was at the Greek Theater in Berkeley nice. on the Punchbowl Tour. And he wore that hat. Jay Blakesburg took pictures of that show. And there's pictures of Les with that straw flat brim hat is amazing <laughs> i love that look on him and and he hated it he's like ah, i don't want to wear that hat yeah, so stupid so corny it's like dude <laughs> that hat tonight i'm i'm feeling good now i feel like we're cracking the code of the brown album finally <laughs> um so, so josh am i am i right in assuming nobody has recorded a cover of hats off couldn't find any covers, man. I am. What? No way. Four. Come on. Ever since uh, the first five tracks, great success. But uh, so have they have they played hats off with Tim since he came back? Never. Well, let's let's cleanse our palate then with some live cuts, Frankie. Right off, Josh. So let's start with Indianapolis Murat Theater, uh, a show notorious for its amount of deep cuts. You 
can definitely understand what the bass is doing now with the dobro way better. Yeah, uh, and, and like you mentioned, it's faster than the studio recording. Oh, yeah, man. very. That is racetrack. And you can also notice that besides the solo, they also extend the song by entering, you know, by introducing the lyrics even one segment after the studio version. Yeah, they add some bars there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They went through that cycle again. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I kind of wish I could get one live. It was amazing. Jeez, what did you think about that? Oh, no. It, it, well, it's funny that they plan it. So they're going to have to put a solo in and extend the uh, put in a play in the first verse if you're going to play it that fast. They'd <laughs> yeah, be done in a minute 30. <laughs> in and out. Right. <laughs> yeah. On to My Name is Mud. All right. Yeah, there, we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, with, on. With Frankie's happy. Let's move on to the next guy. <laughs> this next one's a Bowie we got, cover. We got that out of the way. <laughs> okay. All right. What else you got? We got Tuxon 2013, uh, another notorious show for deep cuts. So this was after the 3D tour, but they were still, you know, playing the rare rare tracks every now and then. So this is one of my favorite shows from 2013. Anyway, we're going to play a little something for you from the Brown album. Pause. Listen to that crowd. They went holy, nuts. Holy. They went nuts for the Brown album. Okay. I can't believe she was in the crowd at that I show. Thought, they thought it was beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's break their hearts. She's had a Coors Light in the crowd that night. Like that variant he threw in there. The Dobro, the Dobro is, a, is a bit more bouncy on this one than the previous one, I think. Yes, very bouncy, and that it fits it really well. Actually, when I envision him doffing his 1897 cap to a bunch of people who he's grateful to, <laughs> it <just> makes <laughs> Man, perfect sense. If there's anything that can break up Falls Van Cleef, this is the song. Right? Oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Jeez, are you hearing the Jerry Garcia and that shit? Yeah, he's ripping. Everything he plays is killer. That was great. Wow. Thank you, guys. That was awesome, man. Larry is ruling right there. I want to point out two things. First, it would have been amazing to have something like that on the record. And second, I don't know if if Larry is completely improvising that or if he rehearsed it, but it's absolutely phenomenal. Frankie, every time they get to a song like that, Les looks over and goes, Lur, go. And Lur just, he just goes. makes it up. Wow. I mean, that was the, absolutely incredible. I love that. For the word. infrequency of them playing it, I don't, I, why would Lur wouldn't bother to learn something? No. God, <laughs> He's just like, we're going to play it three times ever. Dude, I'm just going to wing right it all the way yeah. through. You know? That right there was one of a kind, dude. He made that up on the spot right oh, there. Man. For sure. Absolutely. I will tell you 100%. Yeah. 
Oh gosh! Wow, I don't. That's I mean, amazing. I just that was a great it. cut. Thank you guys. Mm. And it, it wasn't it wasn't just a soundboard tin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I hate the soundboard. Game. Oh, you're going to be all right. You'll, you'll, agree. you'll survive, Soya. It's just a soundboard. Oh, cheese will agree on the soundboard tapes. For you no, my, I have a favorite cut off the soundboard. Speaking of soundboard tapes, Cheese brought a track uh, of his own here for us to check out. Ooh, so Awesome. A little bit of a live, rare live cut here. If you need tangible proof uh, that Cheese was on tour with Primus, you're about to hear it. trees that were right down front of the stage that used to light from the side and they had these big color changers on them and one of them stopped yeah. working and i had to climb out like it's they're like eight feet tall and i had to kind of climb up one and get yep. it reset and it was right in front of them and so he stops oh. basically stopped the show and did the whole thing and so i went to sharuki and i was like dude you got to get me a recording because they did all that the adats they were doing yeah, all the they adats were, on they that were recording tour. on adats for the whole punch bowl tour i'm all dude yeah. you got to get me a copy so he gives me a cassette tape like the next day or the day after. And he's like, Oh, here it is. And he put the little bit in the front and then he gave me the whole song. And the funny thing is, is I've had that tape since 98. I just got it digitized. <laughs> I heard that one, dude. I got it digitized two weeks ago and then send it to Josh. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, awesome, well, I got to get this. I go, I got something that Soy has never heard. Cause I, I never heard is, that. Man. It's it's proof that Les really cares about his crew, and he like gives everybody props whenever he can. You know, and that's he notices so cool everything too. Dude. And you know what? The funny yeah. thing was is I remember listening to it and him saying cheese and cheese, and then you know the end is it, the end is is so less. Like that's like a couple of cheeses, and I was like, yeah. that is so yeah. less. But I didn't until I just got it digitized and then sent it to Josh and was listening to it. I missed the part with the only of the cheese. I like I didn't yeah. remember hearing that part. I just yeah. you know I was like. You know, I don't remember anything that was happening at the moment. I remember at the moment, and the thing is, if I hadn't had asked Sharuki for it at the moment, it would be kind of lost. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was just like, dude, I got to get a copy of that. That was so funny. And I love the ending of that song. I've always oh, yeah. loved the end of that dun, dun, dun. Because then I know, yeah. and it's a lighting guy thing. It's like, dun, dun. And then the lights, the whole audience lights shoot off. And, you know, this. Yeah. We have all these lighting cues and everything. And I remember, you know, the, the My Name is Mud and there's Tommy the Cat lighting yeah, cues. And I, yeah. I still remember them from, 
from being on tour and all like where I was and what I needed to do. And I, we didn't talk, I had a lot of jobs with Primus actually when it came down to it. Cause I was the lighting crew chief for the punch bowl tour. I was a lighting crew chief and the stage manager for the Brown tour and the snow core tour, man. I was the lighting operator and guitar tech for the Australian tour. Wow. Uh, guitar tech for the video plasty video shoot. And I'm, Hesitate to mention this. I was a lighting operator for the HBO Reverb. Wow, really? So, you were there? Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst. The Irving was, Plaza one. It was the worst. Oh my god! Ever. Dude. So we get to the gig, and they fly me from home all the way to New York to do one gig, just to do lights for this gig because I, you know, done the I'd done lights before, and uh, Jake the normal guy wasn't available and they was like, it was, I wasn't the last person they called, but I was, so they call, I get out there and we start doing uh, rehearsals and I'm like looking at this lighting board. I never worked. I'm trying to get these looks going and all this stuff. And Les comes out. And every time I'd bring something up, Les would be like, turn the lights down. I was like, okay, well we're doing TV. Like, yeah, you got to have a lot of light during TV. Like that's kind of the thing is turn the lights up. So I'd, I'd bring them down again, and we'd get a little further, and I'd start kind of edging them all up and trying to get a little more light. Jeez, uh, can we bring the lights down a little? I was like, we don't want to. And the and the video guy keeps coming to me going, can we get more light on stage? And I was like, oh, I have a lot of lights to bring up. He just keeps telling me to turn them down. <laughs> yep. And that video, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It is yeah. dark. Yep. It is very yeah. dark. And I, was, I felt so handcuffed. I'm like, they flew me all the way out here, and all we had to do was just barely turn the lights on. <laughs> I could have just turned them on and left because he was like, he didn't want a moving. He didn't want, he wanted, it was, I don't know what he was going for at that point, Man. but it was a bummer. Cause I'm like, I'm doing an HBO show. I'm the lighting operator for a show that is on HBO. And I am not super proud of what's going on yeah. HBO right now. And if I tell my friends I'm like, Hey, and I, there's some videos online of it. And I've looked it up and I was like, Oh, this looks bad. And I was like, and not to mention, you know, edit the perm. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not the greatest thing ever. And there were some other things that were like. Well, Les, Les has, has mentioned that it's not a perm. It's a pubic hair transplant. <laughs> it was a perm. I'm pretty sure that Porkchop probably came up with that. Josh, please edit all Chris, of going. Chris, this is, a, this is a long shot, but that is the only time they ever did the family and the fishing net. Do you have any recollection about that song? <laughs> no, there's no net. No. <laughs> I love when bands switch up their set list, which is a primus thing. Yep. Yeah. I was on Poison for I think ten months. It was the same set list every single. I knew exactly yeah. where we were in the set every single yeah. night because stuff had to happen. There were pyro yeah, cues, yeah. which Primus doesn't have, and there were drum stunts, and there were guitar solos, and there was all this stuff that had to go on. None of that had to go. Like Primus is like, no, this is we're set it and forget it. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna. I mean, even Les does not like to do that. And on that Brown tour that we did, as boring as things got, or as low as the reception got, he still mixed the setup every night. Yeah, and we made it fun. We had to because it's like it's just it, there's nothing worse because like it wasn't going great towards the end, but it was like. We it's still just us. Like in Europe, I think there was uh, three, four, five, six, seven. There was like eight of us in Europe, I think. I mean, yeah. not in Europe, in um in Australia. There was yeah. eight of us. That's all we had. That was it. It was us. And we'd yeah. go play yeah. these tiny little clubs 
and they were sweaty and hot and the lighting rig sucked and the sound system sucked. And, you know, it was like, oh. we were using uh rented gear for the amp. The backline stuff was all rented yeah, gear. Yeah. So like yeah. some night you'd get a really nice drum kit and sometime you wouldn't get a really nice drum kit. You know? <laughs> Lure was good. Cause Lure just needed like a Marshall half stack. That's and, it. You know, like Lure's good. Drums aren't always so good. And you know, less that that's just a bass driven band so when we brought all of us's stuff always yeah so when it's not a good you know if you, if you go back line that's not great that's not going to be great yeah. so lasso's the only dude even in the low times during the brown his stuff went lure we'll get you a marshall half stack bring your pedal his pedal board Tim, pedal- you're getting what we get you know yeah <laughs> but less his stuff always flew yeah Speaking of tour things, uh, as we wrap this up, Soya, do you care to explain this? Chow <laughs> that bird, dude. What is the ACU, Soya? Man, geez, you know about ACU. All right. I know because I sent this to Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, sent this to okay, me. that laminate right there. Primus had uh, laminates that were the all access for like the A crew eating a berg whatever but me and Les goes back to the suck on this before suck on this berkeley square one block up there was a burger place on the corner and me and Les would go up there after sound check and get a burg and we'd say chow that burg like okay sound check's over chow that burg yeah let's go chow the burg and we go get a hamburger because they were like a dollar you know two bucks yeah it's like hey chow that burg fuck so that picture is from, I don't know where it's from, but we were somewhere. Me and Les would always say, chow that bird. Like, let's go get the hamburger, yeah. you know? Someone took a picture of me chewing on the bird. Uh-huh. I'm biting into a hamburger. See that? Chow that bird. There it is. So me and Les would always say, chow that fucking bird. It was like, he just called me, go, chow that bird. All right, cool. <laughs> go in the lobby, meet him. And we go find the hamburger place, you know, get a bird. So, cheese, ACU is the Ass Cutters Cutters. Union. Yep. (laughs) That's pork chop and Jerry. Yep. So, when you would fart on stage, you were ass cutting, dude. (laughs) You're cutting ass. So, then we formed a union because Les was like, nobody is allowed to fart on stage. I do not want to fucking so part. We played a super, we played one of these gigs and it was super, super hot. And Porkchop had one of those fans, you know, like a big, you know, like the, the 26 yeah. inch wire fan that was sitting right there pointing on less. And I had one brewing up and I walked over to his side of the stage and just, I let one rip and it was so bad that Les left his side of the stage and went over and sang the rest of the song on Lur's mic. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm I telling you, you guys. And it was like, and it was a pretty regular thing. Like pork chop would let him go. Oh, dude. He just go ass cutters union, buddy. And it's like, that's well, yeah, ACU. you gotta let that go. ACU. And ACU. then we just, you're like, yeah, that's what happens. But I went over there and Les whipped his head around, and was looking at pork chop, and I was standing dude. there in front of the fan, and he was just, he was not well, and he went to Lur's side and sang, and like. I mean, you got to have video of all these shows, right? Where Dude, are all the videos? So yeah. I'm telling you right now, you guys, I was not <laughs> allowed to fart on stage at Primus shows <laughs> if Les was playing. He told me, Soya, 
your farts smell like cat shit. And I do not want to smell that when I'm playing my bass. I was not allowed to fart on stage. And that's yeah. when Porkchop and Jerry were farting on stage and the Ass Cutters Union came about. That's what it is. Well, it's a hostile work environment when you guys are. Oh, well, definitely. Well, that's if you're on tour, that's basically what a being on tour is it's a hostile work environment <laughs> yeah, that's, that fucking deal. that's so amazing that laminate that's that's like punch bowl era but the one you know what you can you can barely see the one on the left there is that's the one with jerry holding the bottle is it pork chops the jd bottle oh that's pork yeah, chop yeah, drunk in the back lounge yeah yeah that's uh the one that we did with jerry Josh? as a samurai in Japan, in the bar, is was the next one, dude. Oh my god, that was that one with um with with Jerry and uh with pork chop was the brown tour laminate. It was yeah. the one, and he's oh. uh, pork chop's got his head up, and Jerry's holding the bottle of Jerry. Oh my god, just sliding right down. Nice. That stuff Those happened. That, that stuff happened a lot on tour. Like it would be, it would happen once a week. There'd be once a week where the bus would just be. And it wasn't, it didn't matter if it was a day off the next day. It was just this, like. The moment just, happened. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah. Jerry bought this guitar at a pawn shop for like a hundred bucks, this Gibson guitar. And like, at the time it was, it was missing a bunch of parts around the bridge. Well, it's like, well, you're on tour with a bunch of guitar techs and roadies and stuff. So it took nothing to get this guitar up and running. And Jerry's in the back lounge, like up on the, 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 um, up on the Able. seat and he's like playing a solo and we had a little guitar amp back there and he's just like and that's just what you did and like we're just drinking and getting like pork chop didn't drink that much but when he did it was on and it was like <laughs> oh okay, pork chop's drinking tonight let's do this and we just, <laughs> yeah it would be crazy like we'd just be up all night and then we'd go a week and everything would be fine it would just be oh yeah we got on the bus after the show you have a little food you go to bed and we wake up in the next city <laughs> and then some nights you get on the bus and it's like, oh no, it's on. Like the music's yeah. blaring. They're playing something. It's just super loud in the back lounge and people are smoking and, and like yeah. drinking. And then we're just like, okay, I guess it's party night. And then that becomes party night. And you're like, you're not going to sleep because they're just going to keep you awake. Yeah. And you right. just do that and keep going and keep going and keep it. going. And then, yeah. Awesome. Good times. That wow. does, that's the part about being on tour. Being a roadie kind of sucks sometimes, but yeah. There's sleep. these highs and lows. There's this 10 foot dragon costume and there's, you know, and you have stories to tell about getting hit by a load bar and right. carrying oh. back off stage every night. And I want to end it with this. I want to say hats off to the road crew, man. Cause you guys of course make it happen for guys like me and Frankie who show up and get to see a show with adequate lighting. Be, you know, no matter what Les says, we can still see it. Yeah. So it works out. So yeah. Hats off. You've been tracked. Uh, cheese. Awesome stories. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Chris. It was amazing me. speaking with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks thanks for soy a little bit for sure. She, me and cheese are just like chipping away at the iceberg, dude. There's, yeah. There's we should so do this again. I got, I got lots of stories about. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get you. Dude, I, I, I have so many. It's so funny. These guys prime out of me. It's weird. Yeah. It's and weird. then I start, bring, you know, I got little stuff from, you know, little tiny bits here and there and then so you'll bring it and remember something that it happened and yeah yeah should, yeah you bet yeah. hey frankie next week pudentane you may have difficulty Saturday. catching breath when we record that one josh <laughs> thank you everybody yeah primus tracks on instagram and twitter chris do you want to plug anything i'm in a band called the brodies 
High energy rock and roll, man. I was listening to it earlier. I like it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Played some shows with Soya. Yeah, we're on Facebook. I'm not sure if we're on Instagram. I have to check all that stuff. You know, (laughs) we're just a bunch of, you know, we just dudes play rock and roll. That's pretty much how we, uh, that's how we roll. And you rip, dude. Thanks, Soya. There you go. Later days. Willie Mace. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.